Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. Today we are coming back to the mechanics and taking a deeper look at the skill system that underlies the entirety of the Palladium role-playing engine. The skill system is interesting. It is so incredibly detailed in some forms. Like you, you take two two robot jocks, right? Mm-hmm. And they they pilot nearly identical robots, but they, their skills are are just they're they're done in such detail and they're done in such and in, in, in such loving loving detail vast where where they came from how the skill was developed who was it developed by why the skill exists and then then you try and repair something or create something <laughs> <laughs> it's just not there then you try and build a fucking grenade <laughs> <laughs> or 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 I mean, you have, what is it, four levels of horsemanship in, in the fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, two different types of cooking. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go back. But you try and do carpentry, and there's no one knows how to work wood in all of fantasy. Okay. <laughs> let's go back to the beginning, where it all started with the Palladium Fantasy Role-Playing Game, first edition, which we're playing in our four times a year, fifth Sundays game. And mm-hmm. the skills, when you look at that first book, you can tell that those are, those are skills that an adventurer would know. Those are skills that can be used on the trail yeah. or in the dungeon or maybe at the inn, but they're not necessarily skills that you're going to run a town with or build a shop with or start to a blacksmithery with. They are, they're adventurer skills and they are percentage based skills. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have a skill, you have a percentage of succeeding at that skill. You want to roll your D percentile. So, you know, the D 100, the D 10, you roll them, you figure out what number you got from one to 100 and then you compare it and you want to get equal to or less than the number, your ability at the skill. That's, that's the basics of it. It's pretty simple. Each skill goes up by a certain amount per level. Now, if we're talking first edition, they don't go up a certain amount per level. Each skill has its own individual 15-level skill table. By second edition <laughs> and rifts, they, they were just like plus 5% per level or some shit like that. It's pretty simple. Like, if you've ever played a deep percentile system, if you know, if you've played Warhammer role playing, if you've played Role Master, if you've played basic role playing, Call of Thulu, any of these games, you know how a deep percentile works. And that's it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's simple. As your, as your ability in the skill increases, you get a higher percentage to add to whatever you roll and you're rolling under. It, it's literally that simple. We have some talking points, and I'd like to move directly on to the next one. Which one is that? Discrepancies in value. Oh, dear <laughs> God. Wait, I, you know what? I'm sorry. We should actually say that in, in most of the systems, you get 
your uh, OCC skills, which is your occupational character class. Yep. And then you get things like secondary skills or elective skills or both, depending on which which system you're playing. So the standard breakdown, at least we're going with the standard Rifts era breakdown. First edition is slightly different, but standard breakdown is you make a character. Let's say you make a human. You roll your stats and then you pick your class based upon the stats that you qualify for and whatever. And then now you look at that class. That class has some special abilities. You write those down and then you look at the OCC skills. These are these mm-hmm. skills that you always get as a member of this class. Every character of this class is going to have these skills, this value, first level. And probably going to get some bonuses to it. Then you get what are called other skills, or depending upon what game you're playing, elective skills. Elective skills are additional skills that you get to buy that you have a strong bonus to. And your class is like, you know what? If you buy any of the skills from the military category, you're really good at them. Unfortunately, you just have never learned to drive anything, so you can't take any pilot skills or so on. And then finally, you get what are called secondary skills. And the theory is that a secondary skill is something that you picked up along the way, like a hobby or whatever. And secondary skills are... Roughly, I think half of the major skill list is also available as a secondary skill, but you just don't get a bonus to it. You get starting ability, that's it. So that is, that, that's the skills. The discrepancy in value, that, that should definitely be touched on. There are things that are offered. Uh, I'm going to take Palladium Fantasy for an, as an example. I am playing a mercenary. Mm-hmm. First edition, mind you. I get... The skill of using a small shield. I get the skill, uh, a sword. I'm playing a dwarf, so that was changed to an axe. And I also get the ability to climb walls. Because with no carpentry skill, no one has thought to build ladders. <laughs> well, you don't need a skill to climb a ladder, my friend. There, there, are, <laughs> there are some assumptions about what people need. <laughs> That just, they trouble me. I, I would say forced march. I would say as a mercenary, scrounging, looting. Here's, here's something to think about. The way that those skills are chosen for those classes is if you look at a group of scallywags that have been hired for to be and do whatever, fresh off of the hiring wagon, there's certain skills that you think that they're all going to have. They can probably all hold a shield, probably all hit a thing, and probably climb a thing. Force mm-hmm. March, you'd be lucky if a third of them are good at that. Anything else? I, they're just Mercenary? like... Gambling? Well, you know, not all of them. But still, I, I like the way you think. I would have given him gambling. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking Conan passing out into his cards. Really, but... Yeah, Conan's an interesting story in that, well, if we're going to talk about Conan, quick aside, Conan wasn't a barbarian. He was a thief. Yeah. Yeah. A big one. He was just a big thief. (laughs) Anyway, discrepancies of skills. What I was thinking when I wrote that down as a talking point is that the skills as they are distributed, not only, as you say, don't always seem to make sense for the class. You're like, this class would totally have this. 
yet somehow they get the free ability to sing. I don't quite get that. Right. <laughs> but a fine example, physical skills, which <laughs> we'll get to my gripes about physical skills in a moment. But <laughs> physical skills. And uh, there's one called Prowl. Prowl is a mm-hmm. classic Palladium skill. It is the skill of stealth. It is the ability to move around sneakily and not be seen or heard. If you choose to buy the Prowl skill with one of your skill choices, you get it at a base of 25% plus 5% per additional level. Right? Okay, that's cool. But many Palladium skills give you other skills for free just by taking the original skill. Here's an example. Gymnastics. If you take Mm -hmm. gymnastics, you get a shitload of things. An extra kick attack, a sense of balance, the ability to do parallel bars and backflip and climb and do rope, and you get the prowl skill at 30%. So you're like... That's broken AF. Wait, what? Or, or, Or acrobatics. Acrobatics gives you prowl skill at 30%. I might be misreading these. Maybe you don't get the skill itself, just the ability that never goes up. Mm. Perhaps that. But anyway. Still, that's a nice bonus. That's, you know, if you're not planning on playing this character fast first level. (laughs) (laughs) There are some, and speaking of, of weird skills, the fighting skills in Palladium, uh, especially relating to hand-to-hand, we, we, we need to talk about those. So, in order to kick, I have to be a martial artist? You know, that's a good question. All right. First off, if we're thinking first edition, in first edition, you just had like a basic physical attack, and I think it did mm-hmm. your standard whatever damage. If we're talking at rifts in second edition, then, of course, the... Hand-to-hand combat skills are consolidated into basic expert martial arts and assassin. And boxing. Here's what you get. For basic, we're just going to look at basic. Basic combat training enables the character to use any basic combat attacks, including punch, elbow, kick, knee, disarm, dodge, entangle, body block, tackle, roll, power punch, and pull punch. Okay, so you can kick. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Now, there are better kicks that you can get from better skills. Mm-hmm. But the basic kick is like a 1d6 or something. Okay. What troubles you about the physical skills? I, I know there's something there, and I know that because you wrote it. So physical skills, unlike the skills that we've been talking about, are skills that may or may not give you a percentage-based ability, but almost always are guaranteed to give you a boost to other abilities. A mechanical, hardcore, built-into-your-character increase to stats, combat abilities, and so on. My problem with physical skills is that some of them are clearly better than other skills, and... They might as well not be written because they might as well either not be written or just be given to you because they are clear, obvious, you must take the skill choices. Example. Boxing. Fucking boxing. (laughs) Boxing. Of all things. Of all fucking things. Boxing. I don't know why boxing. Gymnastics? No. Mm -hmm. Acrobatics? No. Wrestling? No. All these other things that make you quicker and faster. But boxing. 
boxing, fisticuffs, pugilism is the one and only physical skill that gives you an extra attack per round. I don't understand Kevin Sambita's obsession with one-on-one boxing. Like, there are way other things that are going to make you more versatile, quicker, and better to Deadlier. attack yeah. than just boxing. Maybe maybe he boxes, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I said really early on in, in this whole process that I, I like the fact that it, it was driven by, by one creative vision. And maybe the man just likes boxing. I think the man just likes boxing. Boxing yeah. is a clear, if you have a character class who doesn't, have boxing restricted from you you take boxing take boxing you take extra it. attack if because nothing else. because if you've learned to box that means you get an extra psionic attack per round that Wait, means what? you can shoot your gun oh, one God. more time per round <laughs> because all of those things are based on your hand-to-hand abilities oh fuck yeah it is isn't it but because you're boxing you get to shoot your boom gun one more time per round so it's just like uh, uh, See, I don't like physical skills. We didn't have them in Palladium First Edition, which meant that characters were more open-ended, which meant that when Mm. you had your skill choices, you were like, oh, there's a variety of skills here. There's this massive list of abilities that I'm going to pick from. Oh, wait. You mean we can take physical skills? Okay, I'm going to keep taking physical skills until I can't take any more. I'm out. (laughs) Now I'm going to take language or cooking or underwater basket weaving at professional level or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I just don't play that way though. I, I don't like min maxers in general because they're just they're just people looking to win. And I'm looking I'm look I'm always looking for story. I agree. I'm looking for hero moments against all odds. I'm I'm not looking for, and then I walk over, punch the dragon 16 times. It falls because <laughs> I get this for my save against my physical attack. And this goes down each time, but I mean, he has to make all these saves. No, 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 that's garbage. That's how you put together a wow character. And then I open his mouth and I shove a grenade in and then I kick him and then I shove three more grenades in his mouth. And then he's bent over. I knew grenades wouldn't work. Open his butt cheeks and throw five more grenades up his butt. I mean, come on. My grenades do less damage than my rifle, and my rifle is there. That's true. Every time. I I use grenades because I think they're fun. (laughs) Not because I think I'm going to win. No, I'm 100% with you. I, as a teenager, thought physical skills were the coolest fucking things because as a middle schooler, I played first edition. Then as a teenager, Mm -hmm. I played Rifts. And I was like, you get to boost your stats. But then I'm like, much later, why? That totally invalidates your initial roles. Like, yeah, it, it defeats the whole point of the divining system for creation of a character. Maybe he meant Mike Tyson. Yeah, no, I think I think Kevin Sambita probably at one point got challenged by Uwe Boll to one of his legendary I will fight you boxing matches and was like, you know what? He's right. That guy could box. He gets an extra attack. Kevin, on the off chance you ever listen to this, we would like the truth behind the story. <laughs> These wild allegations. It it is Um, so fascinating to me that boxing is considered just a standard physical skill that gives you an extra attack instead of its own martial art, which it should be considered. which is where it belongs, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I I think the oversimplification 
of martial of the of the fighting forms bothers me too especially in a fighting game because let's face it you know the glitter boy doesn't do much else they they, they could but they don't but they don't yeah yeah they, they, they shoot it with the gun here's the problem though that's not that's not a riffs problem that's an every game problem and unless you're playing a role-playing game that incentivizes diversity of action you're going to have characters who have that one thing that they're really fucking good at. And until they don't have a reason to, until they have a reason to do anything else, we'll continue mm. to do that. I would like to take an opportunity though, and say that my grenades rarely work. Luna, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't actually have a problem with the grenades. It's a running gag in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, but the glitter boy, right? The glitter boy can fire that boom gun and they can fuck shit up. And you know what? And they're yeah. going to do that every time, every action, every round. I tried, man. I tried to get him to like break off a tree and go charging in. But it's not a rifts problem. You give, you take any other game, you take a D&D character and you give that fighter a magic sword. And you know what they're going to do every turn on their action? They're going to attack the thing the with the magic sword. They're going to stand in their five foot square and they're going to swing at the thing in front of them. That strikes me as more of a player problem than a... It is. It really is. It's... I mean, get get weird with it. (laughs) In fact, Abel's going to get that tattoo. Get weird with it. (laughs) I like the concept of the skill system in Palladium. I like that they went with the percentiles because, you know, it's a good way to quickly eyeball. You know, there's a 35% Mm -hmm. chance that I'll be able to pull this off. What I don't like about the skill system, aside from the physical skills, is that Palladium presents level one characters as being competent and skilled at what they do. But their skill percentages at level one are ridiculously low. That is very true. Like, I, I, I could drown in 10 feet of water. <laughs> I mean, just drown. They're lower than Warhammer Fantasy. And if you've played oh. Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer Fantasy first edition characters are shit tier wallowing in shit filled <laughs> ditches you know sucking chaos Towering. down their noses because they're, they're they are probably not going to survive the first adventure or two they're yeah. they're terrible at what they do whereas rifts characters are supposed to be good at what they do and you might be able to say that oh the skill percentage represents your base ability to do something when things are crazy but you know what that's wrong because if you look in rifts and you look at palladium rules on skills, there are skill situational skill modifiers for when things, when the situation is uh, taxing or stressful and they're all negative. There are no zero positive situational skill modifiers. So that means your skill represents your chance to do something when the best of the best of all circumstances are in play. I don't like that. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't even considered that a lot of like even D and D, which has just like this primitive skill system has like rested bonuses or prepping bonuses or crossover bonuses Mm -hmm. in the rules. That's odd. I never even thought of that. So what I like to do to counter that is take inspiration from one of my favorite indie games a role-playing game called unknown armies this is also a percentage-based system now in that system their percentage was 
If you have a skill, your ability to do that skill represents your ability to do that when you're being shot at, your leg is being chewed upon by a creature from the asphalt dimension, and there's something very uncomfortable and spiked trying to claw its way out of your butthole. Like, now, that is your ability to paint a fantastic picture during those moments. <laughs> or cook a five-star meal. Yeah. And certain things, like in that game, if you have a 15% or higher in anything, you can just do it mm-hmm. when those things aren't happening. It's when stressful situations are happening that you have to roll. Did you ever see that video of the obstacle course run by both the firefighter in what is essentially cloth armor and uh, a knight in full plate. No, you should send me that link. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, the the knight actually beats the time. Okay, I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, volu- firefighters are mostly volunteers, and somebody who is good at moving in medieval armor probably dedicates their every waking moment to doing that. So, well, the the thing is, is that <laughs> a, a person that lives in their armor wears their armor and i've never understood yeah. the skill penalties of a person living who it, it is their it is their business the the skill penalties that they get yeah that's a that's a bal- it's a mechanical balance thing that's it yeah it's only stuff like that is really only there to provide some kind of an incentive not to wear the best stuff all the time that's yeah, that's the I only suppose. way that I have to describe it. I'm with you. It's you know when it, when it comes to looking at role playing games that do guns, you know, there's the pistol that does one d six and the pistol that does three d six, and you're like, well, actually, I think all pistols should do three d six because that's tissue damage and it's going to fuck you up. And blah, blah blah, and you're like, <laughs> game mechanics, man. We need to start a pistol. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going after the one with the grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my. My solution to Palladium skills is to consider characters that have a 15% or higher as really fucking good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And you generally only have to roll if there's something on the line. Like, I forget this a lot. And I have to remind myself to do it because I've I played a lot of D&D where there's nothing on the line. And I'm trying to remind myself that, you know, don't make someone roll unless failure has a consequence kind of thing. Yeah. So it's often a matter of just gauging what they can do by looking at the number. If for me, if they have a 15% or higher, they can just do the thing. It might take some time, but they can do the thing. Mm -hmm. I also think hero whenever, whenever I'm playing, unless you are, you are very specifically playing either an anti-hero or a commoner. I, I always think that heroic people can given time, bust down that wooden door. Yeah. You know, swim across that, that lake or, you know, just, just the, the easy stuff should not, should not be a skill check. Yeah. If your group has a dwarf with an ax and you're encountered by a wooden door that you can't get through, don't make him roll to cut that door down. The yeah. door's going down in a few minutes. <laughs> with even no, the light. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, if it's magical, that that's one thing, but warded another but there is a a style of of both player and gm that lives and dies by not the story but by the mechanic and i don't like that yeah that that bothers me 
I agree. I do my best to have the mechanics be fitting to the situation. Mm-hmm. So if you have a skill, I generally just look at that skill and I think, man, you've got that skill at like 50%. You can just fucking do this thing. Like, right. you can leap the 10-foot chasm. This is a Tuesday evening before dinner. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like, this is nothing. Okay. However, you're on fire. <laughs> Your hair is... All of your hair follicles are turning into flesh-eating bacteria, <laughs> and you know yeah. crazy things are happening to you. I need you to rule for that, my friend. Well, that's our take on skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one minor note. Go for it. We did touch on this. You did about horsemanship. There are some strangely, oddly specific skills in Palladium that, much like the hand-to-hand combat skills, follow a level-based progression that isn't just X amount per level. It's that mm. each level, a different thing happens. And horsemanship is one of those weird holdovers where they're like, I'm really into horses. I'm going to, I'm going to ride out horse levels because level three it's, horsemen is going to know much more than a level two horseman kind of thing. You know, what's really interesting that that even made it all the way to Robotech They're the horseman rules. <laughs> in Robotech are the same as the ones from Palladium Fantasy. Like, and most of them aren't even combat rules. They're just like care and feeding of your horse. Trick riding yeah. with your horse. Recognizing a horse's quality. <laughs> Maybe he or, you know, his partner, you know, grew up with dressage or something maybe, in their maybe lives. Maybe his wife just... was really into ponies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Y- y- you never know. And that's that's the interesting thing about about that that one creative vision is that you're you're literally pouring and and you can see the man's experiences in life through by what he puts out in his game and the vast majority of it is this rich amazing world but there are some odd fucking corners <laughs> in these games i want someone to draw for me in true glitter boys fashion a lisa frank style take on this picture It's a mighty stallion cresting a hill. Behind that stallion in the background, missiles are flying in all directions. They're throwing forth maybe a pattern in the sky, spelling out something if you look real close, but you're going to have to think on it. Scholars will debate what exactly it means. It could be runes. Riding that horse is Kevin Samita. He is shirtless. He is a muscular. <laughs> On his fists, he has a pair of golden ruined gauntlets. Like he boxing is prepared. Gloves. He has no, boxing, boxing gloves. gloves. <laughs> and he has golden ruined boxing gloves. And he is prepared to engage in fisticuffs with anyone who dares step forward. <laughs> Seriously, though, somebody draw that. I swear to God, if someone draws that, we'll put it on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And thanks for those who send us comments. Uh, we really appreciate hearing from you. So, yeah, the comments are easy, though. If if uh, I know artists listen to this, I, <laughs> I really need to see that now. <laughs> I really do. I really do. <laughs> you know, if we get that, if you get that, too, we have a way to get it in front of Kevin. And I I, I think... I, I think that that could be a thing that happened. 
And so I want that tattooed <laughs> on my back. You're going to get a Lisa Frank tattoo. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. This is the point where we're ending this episode. <laughs> later. Good night, folks. Bye. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.